The following is audio from The Refuge Church. Every sermon is an invitation to understand, obey, and enjoy God. More information about The Refuge Church is available at therefugechurch.us. Well, you know, I will say, uh, maybe some of you are still waking up from staying up too late New Year's Eve. You know who you are, and you're welcome here. Well, it's good to be back with you. Last week, Hannah and I were down in Colorado um, sledding with, I mean, literally the same time church was going on, we were sledding with my niece and nephew, and it was treacherous. So I'm glad we're back in one piece. Um, it's it's really, really good to be with you in 2020. So... Um, I will I will um, let you guys know. My mom left uh, because um, my dad has a catheter, and I, they think there was blockage in it, so had to go to the ER for that. So um, I know, as we've shared earlier, there was probably a lot of questions you guys had for that. So do pray for them. ER visits are long. It's even for something that seems very simple, it can be five plus hours. So that's been their their experience before. So, um, so with that, uh, I will pray for us, and uh, we'll jump into God's word together. So. God, thank you for time together where there's so much, so much going on for us personally. And um, I realized even waking up, a lot of just the news I've been reading was just kind of the first thing on my mind is literally nations are in conflict. And as we're here, I just pray that by your spirit, you will Give us peace. Help us from this time go and be peacemakers because we are we're coming to know you personally. You're, we're hearing your voice. We're responding to it. We're responsible with what we have heard. I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I find always coming into the new year, there are two types of people. There are the people that make resolutions and the people that think you're stupid for making resolutions. And I, I am strongly in the category of the people who make resolutions. I love the opportunity to, to explore new beginnings and uh, and recenter myself in a lot of ways. I, I I like looking back on the year, and I'll take a lot of time to do this. And and so, since I travel every year for the last seven years to Colorado, it's a great time on the plane coming back to three hours of just just focused concentration um, on this. And so for for us today, I, I want to help all of us practice. The art of recentering, going from a, a time, if we look back, probably that had a lot of 
moments of chaos, a lot of moments of, of ener- energy going this way and that way. And this isn't like weird new age energy. I'm just literally like your life being given in a million different directions. And then we can, I think, look back and go, man, I just, so much of my life I didn't feel like was going in a direction. Not just the direction, but a direction at all. And so uh, I want to take the first two Sundays of of this year to look at what is most important, the most important thing. And, and thankfully, we're helped by that because someone asked Jesus this question. Someone comes to Jesus and they say, Jesus, what is the most important commandment of them all? So uh, here in Mark 12, it's actually recorded in, in each of the, the um, uh, Gospels. And, and this is how the interaction goes. Mark 12, 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked, of all the commandments, which is the most important? Now, pause there for a second, because I realized reading this that, that you or I probably wouldn't ask the question the same way. We would probably leave out the first part and just say, what's the most important thing? As if thing was clear at all, right? But that's the way we, what's the most important thing? The reason why the teacher of the law asked it this way, and this is really important, and this shows the difference between us and someone like the teacher of the law. The teacher of the law says, of all the commandments, and this is because As a a religious teacher, a Jewish religious teacher, he would take the word of God and see it as a rule for life. Everything that that this teacher of the law did, or, or really the Jewish people, they would go back and they would say, God has shown us himself. He's spoken to us and he's given us his word, his commandments. And so, so all their reference point is there. For, for what it means to live. Now, now think of that in comparison to our reference point. What's the most important thing? What's a thing? Right? Like, so what I want to encourage you to do is, is maybe just start there by going, let the word of God be your center. Let it be what you orbit your life around. Right? This is the most important word, and it is saying to us what is life. And so simply what he's saying is, what's the most important word God has given us? What is the most important word God has given us? And so Jesus replies to him. And and if you're familiar with the way Jesus interacts with questions, you'd probably expect Jesus to respond to the question with a question. He often does this. Uh, Jesus, should we pay taxes? And Jesus goes, well, whose face is on the coin? Or all these interactions he had, and he sort of is leading them by questioning. And so here, I kind of expect Jesus to do that again and go, okay, kind of disappointed. I wish you'd just say it. Well, Jesus does. He doesn't beat around the bush, and he simply says, the most important one is this. Hear, O Israel, The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And second, so he's like, I'm going to throw in one for free. Okay? (laughs) 
The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There's no commandment greater than these. No word of God greater than these. Well said, teacher, the man replied, you are right in saying that God is the one is one and there is no other but him to love him with all your heart and with all your understanding and with all your strength and to love your neighbor as yourself is more important than all burnt offerings and sacrifices. Now, and if we remember the Old Testament, this is, this is a big thing to say. And we, we even though we hear this refrain, refrain like, uh, Psalm uh, 51, where, where David's saying, man, a humble and contrite heart, God, you desire more than bull upon bull of all these sacrifices I could give to you. What's more important is that I come with a humble heart, ready just to, to love God. More important than burnt offerings and sacrifices. When Jesus, saw, when, when Jesus saw that he'd answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared ask him any more questions. And that's sort of a a puzzling ending, right? Why would no one ask him questions after this? It seems like they would want a little elaboration. And I think, as I was puzzling about this myself, I thought, I wonder if no further question was asked because love is a really uncomfortable topic. Now, it's hard enough for us to ask simple questions like, I'm lost. Can you tell me how to get to the nearest grocery store? That's humbling, right? Uh, I don't know how to change channels. Which remote am I supposed to use? That's humbling. (laughs) Think of the question, will you show me how to love? Has that ever come out of your mouth? Even one-on-one with somebody, somebody that you feel safe with, spouse even, looking at them and saying, will you show me how to love you? Or, or even maybe more vulnerably, will you love me? We don't know how to ask those questions because it is so deeply vulnerable. And yet God knows how to talk about love. God knows how to talk about love because God is love. And oftentimes we don't know how to talk about God because we just don't know how to talk about love. And so when when Jesus is crystal clear, he says this, this is what is most important to love God. And by the way, this is, this is not new. This is not New Testament. By that, what I, what I mean is, is the Old Testament is full of this. There isn't this separation between, like, hey, if you want to see the God of love, just flip, you know, two-thirds of the way through the Bible and, and land in the book of Matthew and start reading. Is you, you read about who God is and the way he interacts with people, what he's asking of people using his, his words to do. And this is what he says, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I give to you today are to be on your hearts and press them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. What are you supposed to do with your time? 
as you sit or you rise or you walk or you hang out with your kids, talk about loving God. That's what we should be talking about. If you turn uh, to Deuteronomy 30, verse 16, again, he says this. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in obedience to him and to keep his commandments, decrees and laws. Then you will live and increase and the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. In Joshua, which is the sixth book of the Bible, chapter 23, verse 11, it says this. So be very careful to love the Lord your God. Be careful to love the Lord your God. God is love, and God knows how to boldly boldly ask, will you love me? And so we get to this wildly courageous thing, it seems like Jesus is saying, which is simplifying all of this into the most important thing. Are you ready for it? Love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now, though he clarifies it, what does that mean? So first I'm just going to really quickly talk about the, the what do we do it with, because that's what he talks about here, heart, soul, mind, strength. Um, I'm just going to do that briefly and encourage you, if you are curious, uh, a couple years ago we did a sermon series called The Vital Signs, uh, on heart, soul, mind, strength. And we encourage you to just go back and listen to those. You can listen to them online. Um, and, and this isn't like a promo. This is just saying, if you want more, you can hear more about it. Um, what he's saying that we love God with is this, our heart, meaning we are meant to love God with the way we feel. With the way we feel. How many of us think God just wants us to do things or to think things. That, there's probably some of us who, who that's true for. Uh, we think if I memorize the right scriptures, if I have it in my brain, or if I, if I give a lot of my time, then that shows that I love God. Well, think about that in terms of a relationship where someone's like, man, I just don't feel like, I don't feel like you love me. And they're like, I did the dishes! You know, maybe they just want you to like feel a little bit. God says, I want you to engage in your feelings with me. He wants you to engage in your soul with him. What, what is the soul? That's a great question. When you think of the soul, just simply think of this is the place in you where God dwells. Animals don't have souls. Trees don't have souls. People have souls. And what that means is when God breathed into humanity and still we, we live not simply by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God and we're meant for God to dwell not just outside of us, but in us, that's where God is. He's in our soul. And so we are meant to love him in the way we worship, meaning what fills that temple in us. Is it God or is it something else? That's how we love him with our soul. And you're probably like, man, let's deep dive into that. Go listen to the sermon, okay? Um, we are meant to love God with our mind. We're meant to love God with the way we think. Have you ever been with somebody 
and you're carrying on a conversation, but you can see in their eyes that they're just not with you? How often are we present places? We come to church every week. We're like, man, I, I come, I come, I come, and yet our minds are elsewhere, just completely elsewhere. And God goes, that's not loving me. I want you to love me with what you fill your mind, with what you dwell on, what you contemplate, what you meditate. Fill your mind. Strength. We love God with the way we act, what we do. I Meaning it doesn't, it doesn't matter what you, you know if it, you don't do anything about it. And so it, it is challenging for a lot of us who maybe read the scriptures and, and like we talked about what Jesus said. Like Jesus said, if you... You know, if you follow me, then you're going to invite people into your home that, like, wouldn't invite you back. And that's the way we, we love God. We love God by acting according to what he said. So, okay, breathe deep because that's, that's just the start. What we're going to talk about now is, is not just how, how we love God with these tools he's given us, but actually the how-to, how to use these things. And I will tell you as we look into these things, I, I really want you to, um, and maybe it's as we're talking through them, you just writing questions for yourself of how to think through this. Um, I realize as, as I preach, oftentimes I'm like, this is helpful for me. But, but as you think about the way you use this life that you've been given, your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, how are you loving God? How are you doing this most important thing? Okay? So what I'm going to talk about with, with the how-to, how do we love God, I'm going to talk about three things that sort of, I think, rise to the, the top of ways that we love God. And remember, these aren't just like, oh, these are nice things. This is the most important thing. If you're going to go, my life is going in this direction. I want to be known by this thing. All my energy, everything I love, the way I think is focused in this direction. It is this. Loving God. And so this how-to is this. The, the best way. Number one. I believe if you read the Bible, the best way, the number one way to love God is by letting him love you. The best way to love God is by letting God love you. <laughs> what do I mean by that? Because probably for a lot of us, we're like, man, I just, if only I felt loved by God. So how, if, if that is the way you're feeling, you're like, what in the world do you mean? Because I want to feel God's love, but I just don't know how. Well, I think of this in relationship to my time with my niece and nephews, right? We were just there in, in Colorado, spent a lot of time. Right? When we're there, my brother and sister-in-law kind of just like do house chores and we get the kids. And, and what I want to do with that time, I want to snuggle. <laughs> right? It's fair, right? It's just, one, because I don't have the energy to do anything else, okay? <laughs> and they have way more energy than a million soldiers, so, so we're, I, you know, I sit on the couch and I'm like, hey, let's read a book, which is me snuggling, right? Um, what happens, though, is they just, like, dance around. And they're like, look at me. You know, and they're like, like, let's do a puzzle. And you get, like, halfway through a puzzle. They're like, I want to do a puzzle. You know? And they're like, let's do it. You know? and, and, like, after 15 minutes, you're like, 
<laughs> like, is this nap time? I don't You know, at the age of six, they're like, they don't do naps anymore. You're like, what? <laughs> Since when? I took naps till I am now. Like, I... <laughs> like, that's a current reality. So... <laughs> okay, without getting sidetracked. But they don't, they don't want to snuggle. Simply, that's the point. But this is what we do with God. Like, listen to what God says to us. Jeremiah 31, 3. I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with unfailing kindness. Zephaniah 3, 17. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior, he saves you. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you but will rejoice over you with singing. Romans 5.8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. 1 John 3.1, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. 1 John 4.10, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Just nine verses later, we love because he first loved us. This is, the, this is the good news. This is the gospel. The good news is that God loves us before we love him. God loves us before he asks us to, to love him. We are so familiar with the bad news. We're so familiar with the difficulties. And we're so familiar with how we feel among those difficulties. Whether it's turmoil in our own hearts or turmoil in the world. We are familiar with that. The, the good news is God is constantly giving an invitation to us to come experience his love. To, to come away and be with him. And for God, this is the same thing as, as the simple invitation, come, come be like me, be with me. It is, it is no different than, uh, than, than uh, this experience of a father or mother who just wants their child to come and sit with them, but the, the child's so distracted until they what, do something like stub their toe or get tired and they're crying. And then what happens in that moment? And the parent, who's been there all along, wanting the same thing all along, then goes and sweeps up that child in their arms. And finally, there's the moment where the child lets themselves be loved. But what does it take? Oftentimes, it takes that pain and it takes that turmoil and it takes something for, for them to stop and realize all along what they needed was, was that love, right? That, that is exactly what it means for us to be loved by God. And, and, and it, it really is no, uh, there's no better place for, for it to be um, described than in the story of the prodigal son, where, where the son goes everywhere. And then finally, when he takes just a couple steps towards home and the father runs and just embraces him. That, that is the way we love God. All the speeches we prepare to tell him what we're going to do next time better. And, and he just wants us to come. That is the number one way. Be loved by God. The second way we love God is by obeying his commands. And I realize this is a tough way to say it. But, but in, in Mark, where the, the uh, teacher of the law says, of all the commandments, which, 
what he's asking for is of your word, will you make clear to me what I should do? And so obeying his word is what, is what it means by obeying his commands. Listen to this, John 14, 15. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commands. Just uh, six verses later, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. Two verses after that, Jesus replies again, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. And then 1 John 5, 3, in fact, this is love for God to keep his commands. And this is important. And his commands are not burdensome. What does that mean? His commands are not burdensome. And this is, this is what it means that God is not saying anything. He's not asking you to go anywhere or to do anything that he is not already doing. God never will send you on a mission. He's not going to be like, Hey, Joe, Joe, I want you to go and do this thing. And then God just kind of sits and watches. He's like, I think it's safe now. (laughs) That is not, where God sends us, he goes before us. And he invites us to come. The whole invitation of God is follow me, follow me, follow me. God is never going, go ahead. You're going to go to this place. We're not sure. It's dark. It's dangerous. God is going, no, come with me. And God will say, never will I leave you and never will I forsake you. And that's the way God does it. And that's the way we long for adults and parents to do it, right? We long for an adult or a parent to come and say, hey, follow me. Let me show you. Let me be clear with you what the expectations are. Let me show you how to change the oil or fix the meal or, or fix this hard situation in your life or navigate this, whatever it is. That's what we long for is words, commands even. And, and that is exactly what God gives us. He gives us clarity. And then he says, and, and those that love me will walk in that way. They won't do whatever they want and then come back and be like, look what I've done. They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna follow him. And the last thing is this. <clears throat> we love God by loving the son. We love God by loving Jesus. Um, and what I mean by that is when we see the way of Jesus, the words of Jesus expressed anywhere, we celebrate that. Oftentimes, I think we, we get so focused on, on little projects and around us in our day-to-day lives, the, the way of Jesus is made available in our life, in the lives of others, organizations, other things that, that the way of Jesus is being Manifest, coming to life, and yet we don't participate in it, right? We just see it, and yet we go, we go back down to our, our little window into the world that we've created. So do you see the work of the Son in the world? Because Jesus is at work. Jesus sent his Spirit, and his Spirit is alive and well, and he's still calling people to himself in your life, in the lives of others, he wants to do it all the time. And we love God by loving that. 
When we see the way or the work of Jesus, do we ever feel ashamed by it? Or like it is asking too much? Or that we have all these other things going on and so we just don't, don't have time? Or have we failed to even notice it? When someone asks you for a prayer request or how you're doing, do you notice yourself more saying, well, this is the way I see God working in the world and let's focus on that? Or, or are you more prone to go, these are all the ways this world's screwed up? How often is that us, right? So say, man, I see Jesus. <laughs> I want to talk about that. We go, I want to talk about all these other things that actually make me super depressed. Like, let's talk about where we see Jesus. And let's, let's focus on that together. So, um, without a question, and it's no mystery that... Uh, you and I probably assessing 2019 will find that we did not keep what's most important most important. We have work to do, right? And, and remember when I say that, we have work to do, it's not going like, you go out and do it. No, no, you do it by being loved by God, by following his invitation to go, by seeing the way God's already working, okay? That's the way we do it. But there is this question, and maybe an urgent question, because maybe you feel like I've wasted so much time. I just, I feel like I want to do better, right? What do we do with that question? Well, um, I have given a, a list of questions on the, the bottom of the sermon notes, and they'll be talked about in the community groups. And, and I want you really to consider these. And so rather than answering this for you, I want just to leave you with some questions, these questions to actually consider. That being, do you focus more on receiving God's love or by giving God love? And it's not an either or. It's not like, man, I need to stop giving. I need to stop loving God. I need to start. No, it's just kind of asking, do you even think about, do I... Do I realize, like, in the words of Ephesians, oh, how great the love of God is that he would, he would call us his kids. Wow. Like, if you've lost that wow, like, you probably need to go back. I, need, I do need to receive God's love more. I need to stop trying to please him like I've tried to please. I'm just a people pleaser. I'm a, I'm a God pleaser. Like, that's, you know, I need to, like... I need to also receive his love. And the second thing is this. Do you focus on knowing God's commands and obeying them, or do you make up your own way to follow God? <laughs> Have you made up your own way? And, and this is, I mean, I think about this in terms of, you know, I get to um, help manage people on my job. And, and really the one role of a manager is this. What's your job description? Are you doing it? That's it, right? Like, that's management. It's not coming up with like, we should always do new things all the time. No, it's like, are you doing what's been asked of you? And that is exactly <laughs> what we should be doing. The most important thing is this. So are we making up our own ways of doing it? Are we, are we following him? Are we walking in his way? He's made it clear. And then, and then the last thing is this. Where do you see the work and way of Jesus in the world and are you celebrating that and are you joining that? Have you lost the ability just to see, man, Jesus is at work. Jesus has for sure been at work in your life and in my life and around us. And let's take more notice of that.
Because taking notice of that is, is loving. Think about relationships you have, how loving it is if someone does something. You know, say, you know, Hannah does the dishes, which she did last night. And, I, and it's loving for me to notice that. Thank you for doing the dishes. That was amazing. Thank you. It actually was amazing. I looked beautiful this morning. So that's loving though, right? Like taking notice. And how often do we, like, <laughs> this happens every time we're like, let's, let's share praises. Let's just, share. I'm not asking you to do this right now, but. You know, if I were to go like, hey, let's just share things that we just love God for, just praise him. And how often are we like, oh gosh. <laughs> like, I got a really good birthday gift last June. Does that count? Yeah, but are, do, we, do we notice? And, and you are missing out on so much joy and so much love and reciprocity with God because we just don't. So please ask yourself those questions. Take time, maybe journal, whatever it takes um, to, to dig into that and to remember what the most important thing is. God's invitation, will you love me? His courage to ask you that and wait. Bear with me. Father, I... Thank you for your patience, your patience with us, and the clarity of your words. God, I just pray simply for the, this group, this church this week, that we will see, we'll feel know your great love for us and that we will just start that maybe start, restart or continue that never ending process of like learning how to respond to your love learning to respond by loving learning to respond by following and if, uh, if there is anyone here Father that just has never responded to your invitation to be a part of your family, have experienced the safety of being forgiven of, of all sin, of all wrong, the ability, they, they maybe don't even know that there's the ability to be free of guilt and free of shame. And that's what it means when we, when we come and we put our trust in you and we say, yeah, I'll let you love me. It's, it's not, I'll let you love me so you can tell me all the things I've done wrong. You know that already. You're, you're ready and you're willing to forgive. And I just pray if there's anyone here that does not know your forgiveness and just know your love that is not condemning, but your love that's just full of, of just grace upon grace and forgiveness and forgiveness. Uh, I pray that, that anyone who does not know that will receive that this morning. will know that it's available. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Daniel.